you probably should you know have it a little more energetic you know like like it's like you know I, I know that there's a song that uh, I think it's a system of down song goes psycho and then like you listen to psycho by post Malone and it's like I like how the first start of you coming right back into hosting is like, this is what we're talking about. Post Welcome alone. to the Arts Report on CITR 101.9 FM. I'm your host, Jake Clark, returning live for uh, one show before my presence becomes pre-recorded for the next couple months. And joining me in the studio are people you are doubtlessly familiar with. Hey, it's Liliana. I'm not host this time. <laughs> hey, it's Lua. And we've, um, we sort of, so this is kind of a, I, I'm enjoying back. I'm, I'm, I'm glad to be back. How are you guys doing? Oh God, I'm so glad you're back. <laughs> I'm glad to be back and I'm glad you're back and I'm glad we're all together now, finally Yay! again. <laughs> I meant back in Vancouver, but I appreciate that. <laughs> 
We like you back. <laughs> Thank you so much. So um, we've got a few features going on. Uh, firstly, we've got, and we got a lot coming up too, because you know it's going to be fringe season. The I, I, w- I will always have trouble with fringe being followed by words that start with S. It's like the fringe show, the fringe show, the fringe, the friends shot. No, <laughs> it's difficult. My diction should be a lot better. I'm an English student who works in radio, and yet this is what I'm dealing with. I'm just going to move the mic a little closer to my mouth, so I'm actually. Uh, we probably should say something before we start getting into yes, all the Yes, we should. Uh, I'm a little out of practice. This is uh, the Arts Report on CITR 101.9 FM, broadcasting from the unceded Musqueam territory of UBC's Point Grey campus. And uh, I'm Jake Clark. Now, and I... <laughs> wait, I already did we that. Already yeah, did I already did that. It's okay. It's like a hot <laughs> day loop. I'm a little out of practice. That's totally fine. But, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to Fringe. I'm also looking very forward to VIF. I know. I am very excited for Viv. There's a lot of their movies that I'm kind of interested in that are like, look really, really fun. And like, I'm excited for that. Yeah. I went to uh, to one movie from Viv last year and was really good. And I'm really excited because this is going to be my first year going to Fringe or like possibly reviewing some things. And I'm really happy. We did talk about the uh, play coming. uh, yes, yeah, last time we were here, we were talking about the bitter tears of Petra Convance or something like that. It was like a German play. We did have an interview with that, and I'm really excited for that. That's that sound- like in a fringe festival. Yeah, that sounds familiar. I can't remember. It uh, is a movie. From where, though? Bitter tears of Petra Von- It sounds like a Fassbender movie. Like a mm-hmm. Rainier Werner Fassbender, like one of those. Yeah. No, all I know is the suffering. <laughs> the Germans. It, oh my god, already. Yes, yes. it was uh, a German, German movie. It was. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. We get a lot from Fringe, though. Like, I remember we had um, last year, one of the one beautiful play was The Orb Weaver, and that one was Ooh. coming up from, yeah, I think it was Mexico. Uh, uh, this magical realist <laughs> sort of thing. And we've got some, like, there's some fascinating, like, Hip Bang as a show in Fringe now, and I think, well, we might get an interview for that. Stay tuned for that. But, um,. Another one, too, uh, which is close to my heart and interest, is is Trudomania. Trudomania. What's that up? So Trudomania is an actual phenomenon uh, reported in the 1960s to describe the the cult of personality around Pierre Elliott Trudeau. Ooh, Hmm. I kind of like that. Uh, that, That's really interesting. I kind of like those, like, weird phases that people have, like, like people, other people. Like, people in general, like, the human race. Everyone's... It's, I, it's, weird. it's weird. Like, I feel that those, like, ideas, like, the cult, like, I don't know, mob mentality with one person usually only happens to superstars. Like, I'll see it with, like, Elvis or, like, Michael Jackson. Trudomania? Yeah. Um, but Trudomania. Interesting. That's that's a new one. <laughs> it's interesting that you mention Elvis because there was that movie they released about Elvis. Which one? That one, the one with Lana <laughs> Del Rey. <laughs> no, recently, like, it had Lana Del Rey and Chuck D in it. Like it what? was, it was. I, I I haven't seen it, but I want to because it has Lana Del Rey and Chuck D in it, and it's about the legacy of Elvis, sort of, and like Chuck D does not like Elvis. Great. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he is uh he's very famously on the record calling Elvis a racist asshole in about as many words. Maybe content warning for that, but he he put it a lot more bluntly. He's 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 the guy from Public Enemy, you know. 
when, when you start with public enemy, there's a certain direction you go. Um, <laughs> and he, I wouldn't necessarily say he was wrong either. I mean, he did steal a bunch of like black culture. <laughs> it was, it, the thing about Elvis is that like I've I've listened to a lot of um, like R and B from that decade, mm-hmm. and it's the the thing was that like he was a good singer, but he was he probably wasn't the best R&B singer of that time. I would say Brooke Benton was the best R&B singer of but that time. But I don't time. think it was really about his singing necessarily. It was his entire presence. Yes. Like, he was a stage presence on of itself, and that's part of the reason he became what he became. You ever heard the song Black Velvet? I've, I've heard, heard about it, but I like... <laughs> yeah, well, so like we're like, oh. I've heard about it. I think I've listened to, like, a little bit of it, but I don't think I, like can sing it like right now and be like oh yes this is it black velvet well that's a challenge if i've ever heard one black <laughs> velvet and that little boy oh, smile. Yeah. okay yeah like you've heard that line yeah you heard that line yeah. from it it's it, it's on any like a lot of it's radio huge radio song yeah it's about elvis oh, oh. really yeah huh it's it's about um well you always wanted more given your longing for black velvet and that it's uh about this guy who had this immense relevance and he traded it to basically be a caricature of himself. Mm. Which is what Elvis did, pretty much. Yeah. He became a lounge act. Wah, wah. <laughs> sound effect. Sorry. <laughs> it, like, it needed like a sound effect, I felt like. I was like, we were just sitting there in silence. So I was just like, I don't got like a button <laughs> that'll do like a sound effect for me. Yeah. He had the voice, though. He had that. Sort of, not really operatic baritone, but, well, you know, if you, you want an actual operatic baritone, you can go to the opera. Specifically the <laughs> opera at Vanier Park on September 3rd. Smooth that transition. Was wow. Really smooth transition. <laughs> okay, so a couple days ago, uh, I saw, courtesy of the Bard on the Beach, we saw the um, operas, the, the arias at, uh, at Vanier Park. And um, I thought they were lovely. Yay. <laughs> well, there's more. But yeah, I, I, I would. Um, so now I haven't seen any bard shows yet. And I know you have. Yeah, I watched Timon of Athens, which I kind of liked. There was uh, the beginning was a little like a little jarring because so many people were talking. It's like supposed to be at like the party. And so so many people are talking. And there was like this one instance where they have a person of color as like the best friend that's like always sensible, which I felt was like. Uh, Apamantis? Yeah. Yeah, that's an interesting. Which I was like, because I don't know, because that's like a huge trope. People of color are always like put in where they're like, you're the sensible one. And I'm the white person that doesn't know who <laughs> to do be sensible. I need to be taught it. So that I I was uh, that was just a personal thing, but it like, they all the actors are really good, and honestly the ending is so good. Like, props to to stage planning and just like, just props to you guys. Like, <laughs> I don't want to ruin it because I think it's still going on. I'm I'm sure. Timon, it, yeah, they they've extended. I think they extended you, it. It's going oh, through nice. to September. Like, yeah, I'm I'm seeing Lysistrata, uh, this coming. Saturday, yeah, and uh, on I'm seeing as you like it on the 25th of September. Oh wow, jealous! Late to the party, but uh, that was that was when I could get the tickets. Literally, <laughs> as you like it is has been like booked out so hard. Literally, try to get tickets to go see with my family when they came up here. Could not. 
already booked. Try the next time that they were showing. Booked. I'm just like. Yeah, like it's they're they're doing gangbusters. Yeah, uh, the Lestrada one seems so fun though. I I honestly kind of want to go see that one. So the last uh, we did the interview for that. Yeah, that uh, was really interesting. Last time, and I think I think that is probably the best staging you can make of it because it's such a weird play. Yeah, it is. Like just Aristophanes plays just kind of go that way. One opens with a guy riding a beetle to heaven. Why a beetle? Why not? <laughs> I mean, of all the animals you can ride. I mean, <laughs> I mean while making shit jokes. <laughs> should mention that. That's so real Because it's an Aristophanes play, and that happens a lot. Like, a, a cartoonishly large amount of... Yeah. <laughs> I I have to admit, that's kind of props to that. That's, that's freaking great. Wait, how do they even do that on stage? Well, uh, nobody knows... Well, now it would be fairly easy... How they did that in ancient Greece was they basically had construction equipment off the stage, like a lot of levers and pulleys that they would also use to make buildings. They were like, we're going to make this shit joke, <laughs> and it's going to be the best. <laughs> well, it's like if you were an actor in ancient Greece, each play had only like four actors. I know that's for tragedy. And then there was just the chorus who did the rest of it. And you had to, because there could only be three people, I think, on stage. Is, there, is that a rule for that? <laughs> for Greek, for, yeah, because they were contests at the time. Oh, like for uh, Greek right. plays, it's weird how structured they are, because they're they were contests, and people would win. Like the Sophocles, I think won like five times, and he entered every year of his life. So he entered almost when he was an adult. So he entered almost sixty times. Oh wow! wow. And you could make a living doing this, but it was a very small field because that's what it was. It was a series of contests, and then the chorus, which are just the guys who chant random exposition were Athenian citizens because it was considered part of your civil service. Oh. I wish do we I hope we keep that around. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I'll just keep, Let's that keep that in mind. Cool. cool. <laughs> oh, you had to be in shape. Oh god. Like, it, it would be good to like so you cuz you were doing three shows a day. Oh Jesus. And it this is for tragedies. I think comedies were single shows, but I can't remember. And then afterwards there would be what's called a satyr play, which is these guys basically dancing and singing with giant prosthetic phalluses. Fun, always fun. I mean, oh, yes. Because ancient Greece. Such a why not? <laughs> you know why not? Sometimes you just you just want to see a bunch of men dancing giant phallic stuff. Like, yeah, do you do you really? <laughs> Wait, what's the name of the Greek god that has? Oh, a, are you talking about a big? Yeah. <laughs> oh, Pan. Pan. No, no, Is no. It... It's not Dionysus. No, he's like specifically he's for energy, fertility, but he's like he's not one of the major ones. He's like very specific. Anyway, it's not that relevant. But I... Dionysus does does have big dick energy though. <laughs> he does. Yeah, he's all he also he's also a cross dresser in a lot of the myths, which is yes, interesting. which is great. Love him. Like it's in in the Bacai. That's how it starts. Is they 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 his his family ridicules him for being a cross dresser. They really shouldn't have done that. <laughs> that was not a smart idea. Probably not. Because he literally makes the female relatives eat them. Wow. He, so uh, the one guy, Pentheus, is I think he's Dionysus' cousin and thinks Dionysus is trying to steal the throne from him uh, because his mother, Semele, got thrown out of the family for being pregnant and then reduced to ash. It's a complicated story. Uh, Very complicated relationships going on right now. Anyway, Pentheus, not a great relative to have. He's not thrilled to see that uh, his demigod cousin returns with long hair and, you know, 
alluring features. There's a lot of homoeroticism going on. Of course there is. Because ancient Greece. Um, See, they were more accepting than we are today. <laughs> it's well, really some. weird how it went, though. Like, adult homosexuality in ancient Greece was considered, like, not, like, the worst thing, but people, it was okay to make fun of it, like, really derisively. Like, it was considered, like, a weird thing you do. But at the same time, it, it's... Uh, it, it'd be yeah. like having a full body tattoo today. Like, it's, it, it's, it, it, it's something, like, yeah, acceptable, but people are going to judge you for it pretty okay. roundly. <laughs> okay. And you, and it's, it's hard to say, you know, well... Okay, it's a weird comparison, but pederasty, <laughs> on the other hand, part of your development in ancient I, Greece. I, I, this has gotten to a weird oh, yeah. place. Yeah. Uh, which is especially weird considering that Lysistrata works based on the assumption that, you know, if you... Well, actually, this is probably accurate. The, the founding principle of Lysistrata, the play, is Lysistrata herself decides, we'll all withhold sex and it'll stop the war, and the war ends in about five minutes. <laughs> and it's supposed to be like a comedy, right? It is a comedy. Yeah, it's supposed to be like, it sounds really funny and super like great like that. But then it's also like, it's like, oh, isn't it funny how these women? Yes, doing... Aristophanes was not. Uh, we wouldn't call him a terribly progressive man. We would call him a humanist. Um, he has. <laughs> he does have one of the best moments in Plato's dialogues, which is actually kind of cute. But the plays themselves are not. Uh, yeah. The, 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 they were written in ancient Greece. It's, there you it's, go. <laughs> it's gonna like they were they had slaves. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they um, had a lot of slaves. It was a complicated society because like their morals <laughs> were very fluid. If that's even a good word to describe morals. I don't know if you want to say that. <laughs> no, it's like very much because it's like some things are like, yeah, and then some other things like, no, and then for us, it's like, no. <laughs> All the girls, no. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, you know, it, it, it's a weird thing. But it's, it's interesting because they're doing like a modern take of this. They are. And like making it, making it, I think, a little bit more feminist. I think they're, it's about Trying to, part of it is about parsing the play itself. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure, and about what it means to perform the play, because that's what people think about with Aristophanes. Like they they don't people. It's it'd be weird to approach Aristophanes like this is hilarious because a lot of the humor is topical ancient Greek humor that you get after you consult the 53rd footnote. Like, oh yes, <laughs> sodomy, correct. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> it was a pun. <laughs> You see on the name Cleonymus. Who's Cleonymus? <laughs> <laughs> love that. Love that stuff. But it's because <laughs> they get reduced to message plays because that's what remains. And Lysistrata is probably the one that is uh, the least objectionable. At least the one that I think probably goes best. I'm interested to see it. I'm, I'm, I'm enthused. How would you feel if before the play, before any play that you go see, they give you like a book uh, but, and it's like <laughs> the all the footnotes on it? Just like... All of them. How would you feel if you got that? I... Well, they used to do that actually in, to, to bring this back to opera, they did used to do that in opera houses before they had the prompters. They had, like, the cribs of the the translations of the uh, book list, depending on no where you way. went. Like the translation off the actual opera or, like? Of, like, um, well, if it was an actual translation of the opera, it would be a small book. But it would be, like, uh, 
it looked like the sheet music, but in really small print and with no uh, notation. So it was the actual words they were singing. So if oh, you didn't I speak see. Italian or French or German, you could still, you know, follow along with what was being sung because, you know, opera's beautiful. It's a terrific form of music. But um, even if, because I, I speak Italian, and the bit of opera that we saw, and I'm actually going to play a little bit of that for you once we go to, to break. Um, even if you do speak Italian, if you don't speak Italian fluently, you're going to listen to Italian opera and you're maybe going to have some difficulty. Because it's, it's singing. It's a massive amount of singing. But not always, you know, you got to... It'd be like if I, everything like, this is the arts report. It'd be like that. And if someone is speaking to me who knows English from a phrase book that asks, how do you go to the bathroom? And these dried nuts are tasty. Then they're going to have a hard yeah, time. They're going to be like, what is this lunatic bellowing? <laughs> unless unless it is an, an opera and they're like, hey, this lunatic bellowing can actually sing. <laughs> yeah. Missed hearing your amazing singing and um, singing voices. <laughs> and so, yeah. Um, so, see the opera. Um, I, I, I don't really know how much I can... You can't really spoil it. But there's some great ones here. You got La Boheme, which is one of the most beautiful operas ever written. Rent is a very bad adaptation of it. Um, <laughs> you have uh, you have some Rossini, who I personally like. There's a very funny crib from something called The Italian Girl in Algiers. Of course, it's about an Italian girl in Algiers. Um, and uh, it like there's the the finale of the act is just this cavalcade of confusion. They acted out really well though. Oh, I like I that. I always like confusion on stage. It makes me really happy. <laughs> and it's just fun. <laughs> so you'll enjoy that. And it's Rossini, so it's, it's terrific music. So this is a bit of um, uh, La Bohème. This is a duet between Rodolfo and Marcello, who are uh, uh, two artists. The La Bohème's about artists, and they're talking about uh, well making. A, just 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 listen to it <laughs> and uh, after that we'll have a word from our sponsor and then we shall return momentarily
and support of our friends, we here at CITR wouldn't be able to bring you all the great music, art, cinema, and culture that you love. Thanks to the long-standing support from the Rio Theatre, we are able to keep you informed on all the great artists, films, and everything else coming to town there. For all the current information about who and what's playing at the Rio Theatre, visit their website at www.riotheatre.ca. for them hello we're back hello we're still in the unseated territory of the musqueam people i'm still jake clark we're I'm all still Eliana Sosa. Yeah, I'm still we Lua, yeah wouldn't it be weird if we weren't of course that got metaphysical okay <laughs> um, we, i was thinking you were gonna go for the like more like rush 
uh, change our names and, and then, then come, back. come back. But okay, it's sure. like we're that. the same person, but different names now. So well, I can't see, but I did switch the name tags around. <laughs> I didn't know what that I'm was now Jay do. Clark. This is now. <laughs> I'm Eliana. Oh, hi, guys. <laughs> this is the most tolerable I've ever been. <laughs> ah, um. So what now? We were talking about before this uh, a VIF feature that we're definitely is the night is short. Walk on by, girl. Yes. Oh my god, I wanted to see this so bad. You so, have no idea. So we missed that, but it's probably going to be on at VIF. We think. Yes, uh, hopefully. I will cry if it's not. <laughs> what, is, what is it about? Do you know? So it is about this girl. I think she is, from what the trailer that I saw, I didn't read like the biographic, uh, but she is going kind of like on this journey. She is a big drinker. Okay. Um, and she's just going around uh, different places, drinking, having a good time, and, like, experiencing kind of, like, a nightlife, meeting different people, like, totally different people that you wouldn't regularly see, but it's, like, nighttime. There's a kind of, like, mystery on it. Um, that's her kind of story of her, like, kind of journey. But she's also being um, kind of chased after by this man who has a huge crush on her. And he's trying to get the courage to talk to her, I think. Is Wait, she's being chased after by a man? Yes. But so, does she know she's being chased No, after? I don't think so. So he's kind of like a stalker. He is definitely kind of stalking. <laughs> and this all the while, she's, she's, you know, full of more gin than the British Navy. Yeah. Uh, she's a... It's a it's a really cool. Uh, but this this uh, this I think director or at least the, the animation of this is also um, it, he his like earlier works was uh, Tatami Galaxy, which was like an anime um, show that played for a while that was really cool. It has the same kind of style. It's a very it's like a really cool style. They do a lot of like movements. Like everything's very much like kind of fantastical fantasy-like in a way just like really boring on feelings like a huge wine glass glass and how that kind of like overflows or stuff like that or like it's very stylized psychedelic sort of yeah kind of like that like the tatami galaxy was kind of set in like uh this guy uh is trying to find a college uh, not uh, not a college. He's trying to get into different clubs at his college, okay. and the episodes are the different clubs if he joined and what his adventures would be like. So it all like kind of goes back to him being there and being like, okay, I'm gonna do this club instead. And so it's like the different clubs that he could have been into, and that's the kind of story with with like the same characters and everything. It's really really cool. That's, so it's as if like a terrific like, idea. Yeah, I, it, but it, it also has that, it, it's a really cool animation style, which is why I really wanted to go see this one, because the animation, I'm a huge fan of animation, I love that kind of stuff, especially ones that are, like, I think, work not on, like, trying to make everything, like, realistic or kind of beautiful, but just, like, just really leaning into that animation and being, like, this is, this is, like, this is... Uh, these are just pe- drawings. Like, we're going to lean heavily in it. We're just going to make stuff that, you, like, normal people couldn't do and just push and push on that to make it kind of weird and, like, kind of fun and just, like, very, very different from a, a lot of things. So I am really excited to hopefully see this 
or just watch Tatami Galaxy by myself alone. Again. <laughs> Again. Where do you watch it? Like, is it... Uh, I think Crunchyroll may have it. Do you have to sign on for that? Or is it like yeah. A- so, oh, well, some of them you do. Some of them are, like, have, like, stars on them that are, like, only for membership. So you have to actually pay. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or you could be a terrible person and do it illegally. This is really interesting. Like, whenever I hear something like this, it's like, you know... Well, actually, considering the theme of this, this is ironic, but, like, I've been thinking about doing random things for three years. This would have been a great idea. <laughs> just, just like, go into a club for, like, a day, come out, and be like, okay, let's go on to the next club. Well, now that you mention it, it sounds kind of weird. <laughs> Although, the 24-hour musical does kind of stand that way. Another thing I'm looking forward to, actually... Mm. When is that happening? That's the end towards the end of the first month of each term. Oh yeah, yeah. I remember those musicals. I know they cool. did a Heather musical. And I didn't get to see it. Wait, out of the twenty four hour one? Heather's or uh, MTT? Was, like a... was it? Was this the? I saw the Heather's from MTT. Yeah, yeah. That's it right. was really good. I was like, yeah, we saw the different versions of that. I remember. Really? I hate you guys yeah. for that. <laughs> I was impressed. Like, I was I'm so impressed. Upset. <laughs> More importantly, have we seen the Heather's TV show? Oh my no, god! Wasn't no. it canceled or something like that? I hope so. As uh, it well should. I think we might have. Did we talk about this on the show beforehand? Because I've been ruminating on that show for a while. I don't think we have, and I also have very strong feelings about this one. Uh, about the Heather TV show, totally doesn't understand like what the Heather's was like even about or understand at all. Like, cause cause like the Heather's. Like the older one, like the older movie one, yeah. was it was kind of showing this like, like I f- I feel, I'm a f- uh, I took a film class, uh, I know this <laughs> stuff, uh, but it was like uh, uh, Veronica, who is your main character, she's yeah. like in, like I think a lower middle class, while the other Heather's are like in a higher middle class. No, no, no. All of them are, th- are pretty well off. As they're I pretty well off, but like the Heathers are more well off. Like the Heathers Heather- are pretty yeah, swanky, Yeah, they're more well off. And like in the movie, Veronica is seen as feeling as have to like hide some stuff. Like when her mom comes out in one of the scenes where they're playing like the stupidest game. Who plays made pate? Who, yeah. <laughs> who plays that? Like, Croquet. Croquet. Who who plays croquet? Like honestly, who mostly does that? people who are made of playing cards and use flamingos. <laughs> like it was like, but it's like a kind of sign of like high class, like we're elitist sort of thing. So it was like that kind of like try like someone trying to be that, I guess. And maybe I'm just looking really into the like differences. That's interesting because so th- there is that the, like thing about Heather's that does work. And it's one of few reasons that, that it actually, in my opinion, it still works post-Columbine. A lot of people had it. it. Heathers did get, by a lot of standards, less funny after Columbine. But the reason it does work, especially as a dark comedy, is it punches up. Heathers is, to a great degree, about people who... Like, JD's a psychopath. He's an outright lunatic who... Oh, yeah, no, he is... He's crazy, and, like, mm-hmm. girl, you are dating crazy right now. <laughs> well, Jack Nicholson modeled his performance on... No, Christian Slater modeled his performance on Jack Nicholson playing the devil. What? 
Yeah. <laughs> you're like, you're, you sound so heartbroken. You're like, no, this my is boy, J.D. <laughs> Explains the voice, no, right, I, though. No, J.D., I kind of like, from the moment he came on stage, because that's the only time I've ever seen Heather, right? The stage mm-hmm. one. From the moment he came on stage, I was like, no, I don't like him. Get out. <laughs> Get out. Well, I feel like in the musical, in like the movie, it's there's some things that were changed. I feel like in the movie, he's a little bit more crazy. Creepier. In the movie, it seems like he's just waiting to kill people. Yeah, yeah. In the musical, he's just, it, it seems like it's legitimately just the, the last straw. He's he's like one of those guys like, baby, I'd kill for you. And he's like... <laughs> actually, oh, here you go. <laughs> he's ahead. Like, he's like, I'd actually just kill, but I'll I'll just make it out to you. <laughs> it'll be a thing, you <laughs> for know? For you. <laughs> well, it, it, it'll be a thing, you know? And... Uh, it'll be our, it'll be our forever. It'll be our always. Uh, it'll be our always. <laughs> oh God! Like it, Please. In, it, it, the 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 thing about JD, like like I said in the movie, it seems like he's just waiting to kill people. He seems like a, an actual just psychopath who's like, well, here's a reason to do that. But in the in the musical, I think it actually kind of hits home a little more emotionally because yeah, you kind of sympathize yeah. with him more. Well, I and, feel like you you feel kind of bad. At, like, the end, you're like, what could have been? You could have been good. But, like, because, I don't know. At least I I, thought so. I feel like there's definitely, like, some, like, like some of the lyrics or, like, songs that he does, like, makes it, I feel like he's, like, a little bit more sympathized than he would be in the movie. I think the only time I actually sympathized with him a little bit was, like, when I understood his family life. Yeah. That's like when I was like, you know, I was like, oh, okay. Still does not justify your actions, you know? Yeah, yeah, no. Like, I don't think it's like more of like, okay, I understand where you're coming from. It's just like the whole, like, I like with the scene in, because uh, I watched the Heather's musical <laughs> soundtrack or not listened to it so many times, like, where she had, uh, Veronica's like, I wish we could have met each other before everyone like made you think this way yeah i don't know that like kind of line and like that like some other stuff that he does especially when he finally like takes spoilers (laughs) Um, spoilers for heathers probably already spoiled when we reviewed the musical (laughs) multiple times uh but he takes the he takes the i just wanted to put that out he takes the bomb that he's gonna use to destroy everyone and then he's like go be better or something like that. It's supposed to be like this, I don't know, like more emotionally charged scene. So I I think there's like a little bit more sympathy for him in the musical than there is in the movie. In the the movie and the musical, it's about the same degree of emotional turnaround, except in the musical, JD is already shown to be a person who's kind of worthy of sympathy. And in in the musical, in the movie, it, it seems more like he does realize it, but he also thinks, okay, I've been beaten. Yeah. It, it's a weird moment. Um, like, and the, what you, the impression I got from him in the movie is just exhaustion. And it's like, well, <laughs> you got me. <laughs> you win. <laughs> to the victor go the spoils. Let me paint the lawn. Um, Yay. <laughs> this is not the victory I wanted. <laughs> Now we got to take another short break. Uh, this show is going to be a little shorter because we had to we had to cut a bit of a segment, but uh, we'll be back momentarily. Oh, we never got to talk about what we thought about the new one. We just talked about it. Oh yeah, right. Old. Oh yeah, and the new one. It's was... terrible. <laughs> it was canceled. Was yeah. 
Well, it's I, justly canceled. Yeah. Justly. <laughs> yeah, no. The thing. Oh, yeah. Wait, do the. Yeah, you have to. Yeah, like, it just, it was, <laughs> like, the, before. It's just unwatchably awkward. Beyond the many questionable things, it's just awkward. It was it was yeah. painful to watch because of how awkward it was. And with that, here's Snoop Dogg. <laughs> Discorder, that free magazine from CITR, has been documenting the best in music, arts, and culture since 1983. Let's see what one man over Stage has to say about Discorder. What up, though? This is Big Snoop Dogg, and I fucks with Discorder magazine. How about that? <laughs> Smokey every day. Pick up a copy around Vancouver or fuck with Discorder online at discorder.ca. CITR Radio 101.9 FM and Discorder Magazine present. The Victory Square Block Party 2018. We're back with our annual free all-day party to bring summer to a close. Happening on Sunday, September 2nd from 1 to 9 p.m. in Victory Square Park at the corner of Camby and Hastings. With performances by La Casquivana, Princess Apparently, Sorry Edith, Future Star, Mama Rude Gal, Club Sofa, Yep, and Devours. Plus an ice cream truck on site and a raffle for kick butt local prizes. Are you starting fresh this year and looking for new exciting activities to do with friends on campus? Did you watch theater in high school and now miss it? Feeling overwhelmed and need a break? Come and escape to another world through thrilling live performance right on campus. Celebrate with us the 60th anniversary of UBC Theatre and Films 2018-19 season. <laughs> Still need more convincing? It's only 11.50 for UBC students with your card. And bring your ticket into Kerner's after the show to get 10% off your food. Check out theaterfilm.ubc.ca today. One meter by eighty fake paintings. Not fake painting, big paintings. Big paintings. (laughs) Canvases. Canvases. I'm just just going. (laughs) How how would you have a fake painting? Like, wouldn't making a fake painting take as much effort as making a? Oh my god! Have I ever told you? Okay, there's this one forger. I actually really like him, and I forgot his name now. But basically, what he did is, um, he forged this Dutch painter from like, I don't know, Van Gogh's time. And the thing is, everyone thought the paintings he sold were real because he had the trouble to make the paint, to make his own oil paint like they did it back then. Was and it oils or tempera? I don't know. <laughs> he made the paint. He made the paint and he practiced the guy's style so much into such perfection that even the experts on that guy thought the painting was actually that guy's. I Isn't love that, that like I honestly crazy? have a huge respect for <laughs> And he sold one of those paintings for like seven million or something like that. Huge respect for people that can art do those art villainies. what are they called? Like forgeries? Yeah. Art... <laughs> <laughs> I huge respect to uh, art forgers because you guys 
take a lot of time to do that. And CITR I officially that. supports art forgery. I don't no. support it. I just... You heard it from us. Oh, no. <laughs> Please go on to defraud massive foundations and tell us, tell them we sent you. <laughs> You've seen F for fake. It's not that hard. Just don't hire the idiot who tried to scam Howard Hughes. There you go. <laughs> That's an interesting movie. That's Orson Welles, himself a veteran faker, making a movie about an art forger featuring a guy who created a fake biography of Howard Hughes. That's so good. I, that, I love that's it. That's actually such a great insertion. <laughs> that's a power move. You, you can see it all on YouTube, and it, it's it's kind of fantastic. What's the name again? F for fake. Yeah. Uh, putting that down. <laughs> it's got Ors, Orson Welles was just kind of amazing, brilliant, brilliant, uh, brilliant movie maker. Yeah, so it is. There is actually he does a lot of magic in it, which is interesting because there's a lot of magic at Fringe too. Oh we, yes, there is. We had uh, a magician guest, I believe. And there's yeah. also a, uh, a gentleman actually from my hometown named hey. yeah Ooh. Keith Brown from London, Ontario. I saw his video. He sent us a video. What? No, we can't actually show you guys. We can't because this is an auditory medium. But the people who made the video are based right across from my house. I recognize the logo. I'm like, oh, really? Campus Creative. Huh. I wonder if Dale's still working there. <laughs> yeah. like, it, was, it was one of those things like London is not a – it, it's a third of a million people, but I'm still thrilled, you know, that, you know, someone made it. We got Ryan Gosling and Victor Garber, and now this guy. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, there's a lot of magicians I didn't realize that was coming. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. Like, if I get to see any magic shows, I love magic shows. <laughs> yeah, there's So there's this guy. There's the gentleman who was going to... Yeah, sadly, hmm? he wasn't able to come. Who yeah. is that, though? Um, That was Robbie... I just know him by his first name because we're close. <laughs> Robbie the Magician. Robbie the Magician. Shout out to Robbie <laughs> the Magician. Um, oh, crap. I have to look up his last name now. I feel really bad. No. And there's some, um, another interesting thing I saw was there's actually a lot of spoken word. There's a lot of poetry, this fringe, which is unusual because I think the past few years we've been really used to one-man shows or one-woman shows, the case may be. Like, uh, Not Enough, I remember that one. Tragedy Plus Time Served, Mark Hughes' comedy show. That one was great. Mark Hughes is a Vancouver comic. He's, he goes to, like, a lot of, he goes to a lot of open mics, a great comic, like, a lot of dark comedy. He was, he was a junkie for a while, so he talks a lot about that. He did a great Fringe show a little while back. Like, there's, there's some interesting things. Like, there's, like, Big Queer karaoke, Filipino Karaoke Night. Oh, yeah, I saw that. That sounded really cool. Also, I, it was queer, so it was like... I wonder what it's about. I think it's uh, there's like there's there's some really interesting one like that's something that I thought was like you know that's definitely a very provocative title that's something like I kind of want to see that because that seems like an interesting combination Uh, travel theatrics as well uh, seems like an interesting show Uh, what was what was the one here okay no I went too far back we're in the I'm just I'm, I'm just skimming through the invitations we got currently I just got Robbie T. <laughs> Robbie T. Yo, man, I'm Robbie T. You want to see some magic? <laughs> I'm actually very excited. His 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 show is like kind of it seems to be like the slow transformation of like a bumbling magician to like amazing, uh, which sounds cool. <laughs> like from a magician that's not that great to like a great magician. Yeah. So yeah, it's like I guess he's doing like a story to his oh, magic okay, as cool. well. Which I think is going to be kind of cool. I, I I like the whole like 
kind of comparison like before now <laughs> sort of thing you want a story here a load of this oh what i'm ready for a story a computer wakes up in the year 2035 on the eve of the world socialist revolution fighting is broken out all over the globe for the first time the U.S. military has used tactical nuclear weapons against its own population to destroy the Los Angeles Commune. Suddenly, all communication stops. A new player arrives on the scene. A singularity. A computer exploding into consciousness and fighting for sanity through a barrage of conflicting images and downloaded personalities. <gasps> The play follows the stories, intertwined stories of Amida, a leader in the South Asian <laughs> Socialist Alliance, her daughter Sultana, and Amparo, a leader in the Los Angeles Commune, and her son Jesse, a veteran of the South Asian War. I like the, the... I should have read that in the voice, but it was turning into a Tom Waits impression, and I've done that a lot. Uh, that is The Other Side of the Flood, which is the third of a trilogy beginning with Science, Love, and Revolution and continuing with Building God. So... I need to get on these, these other two. Basically, yeah, it's I mean... Infinity War, I'm assuming... <laughs> That's what it sounds like. Also, I just saw that, so... I didn't see it because, Marvel, you're not taking my money anymore. Oh, well, they're showing it tonight at Robson Square. Infinity War? For free, yeah. Maybe. me. Maybe because it's free, but not because anything else. I, I, I really liked Thor Ragnarok. I, I yeah. love that one. Yeah. And I'm kind of really in love with Valkyrie. <laughs> No, that's well, uh, well, yeah. Is it? Well, yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I, I like the tone. Like, the, the bit from the trailer is like, he's a friend from work. I love Just, that. And then Infinity War, um, it, it's pretty heavy. It uh, goes a certain way. Do like Josh Brolin as Thanos, though. Oh, yeah. Very he's, good. That, it I should have been Ron good. Perlman, but he'll do. <laughs> that's okay. He really should have been, though. Like, Ron Perlman is, like, the approximate dimensions of a refrigerator and sounds like he, you know, sleeps in a smokehouse and is legitimately, like, he looks like Thanos. Like, maybe if they, like, like, about the same approximate dimensions, just maybe dilate him a little bit. (laughs) I've seen Sons of Anarchy. He's pretty intimidating. I, or I, Hellboy, for that matter. Hellboy. Oh, okay, okay. Now no, I know who you're talking about. Talking. <laughs> Do not watch Sons of Anarchy at all. No, I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> it's like, hey, buddy, I'm not that big a shot. I'm not that great a shot, but the Samaritans got really big bullets. Um, oh, boy. Yeah, I'm looking I'm looking forward to that one. I'm going to try and see that because this is uh, – did I mention it's a solo spoken word musical? What? Wait, what? Wait, what? The, the thing I just described is a solo – not Infinity War. Uh, this one. <laughs> the, the the World Socialist Revolution singularity. It's, it's a spoken word musical. So, so it's only just – you said solo. Yes. Just just one Working person? One person singing? Yeah, what's weird about that? It's just, one per. You mentioned at least three characters. How is it one person? Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> voice acting. The I don't know. Like there's there's a lot of voices. A lot of voices. I do a lot of voices on the show. He does do show. a lot of voices. Yeah. Okay. Get him into this. Yeah. <laughs> so he's basically gonna do that, um, which means people are gonna throw fruit at him. But no. <laughs> this one, but this one seemed really interesting. Like this caught Throw my attention because, like, it's a slam champion doing I don't know, like, like weird epic story here. So this I'm looking forward to. I am kind of scared though because you said it was like a, a part of a third a trilogy. 
Wait, were the other two also solo? I I I have to assume so. Uh, Do I have to see those before I can see this one? I'm going to assume no. I think it's probably a thematic trilogy because we've seen those. Okay, uh, I was gonna be like, I need if I'm gonna go watch this, <laughs> I need to be prepared. Before. I need to be ready. Uh, get me some of those <laughs> video tapes now. It's like exactly. Like, what am I supposed to expect? Oh yeah, and speaking of my doing voices on the show, there's also something called the ADHD Project. Uh, hey. It's uh by uh, Carolyn Ra- Carlin Ramey, I believe. I hope I haven't mispronounced her name. Um, and it's about uh, growing up with ADHD. I think that's interesting because I, you know, I, I really probably shouldn't go too far down this road. Um. But Maybe. it's, you know, an interesting topic. Like, you had not enough for anxiety. There's another show, like, that was last year, but that was, you know, these one-person shows, they're, they're very illuminating. They can get pretty raw. Ooh. Ooh. Uh. Well, we want to end on that note. <laughs> on that note, I was like, ooh. Uh, ooh. On that note, just just remember, there's a spo- solo spoken word epic science fiction thing that I really... There's got to be a better... This is going to become a genre, and it's going to be interesting. Uh, that, God, I the, hope it does. That, Trudomania, Travelogs, The Hip Bang Show, which is about surveillance, which is going to be hilarious because we did an interview with them about, you know, surveillance. They they like that topic, and it's a good topic. Always feel like somebody's watching me. I just think of that vine that's like a goose on the roof. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like I'm too dumb. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, only vine people who watch yeah, like vine, vine montages can get this vine. Didn't vine get deleted? Yes, yeah. but there's still and it's really interesting how it's like more important now than it was when it was exist. Like when it still existed, it's it- like more of a thing now yeah no anytime i feel sad i'm like i gotta watch some just like go on youtube watch some vine compilations bo burnham had great vines i remember oh yeah all of his vines are good i loved them (laughs) so good all right um well we got the medicine show coming up next so let's get medicated that came out wrong um uh no (laughs) but uh, yeah so we got the medicine show coming up next i'm your host jake clark i'm lua I'm Eliana. And we shall return next week. Cheers. Bye.